Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Find easy ways to store your outdoor tools and accessories at Menards. Suncast provides high-quality and easy-to-assemble storage. Suncast storage sheds are the perfect solution for organizing and protecting your outdoor tools and equipment. Plus, their all-weather construction is low-maintenance. Explore all our outdoor storage options in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch. Now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. To another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. I'm joined here today by someone we've been wanting to do an episode with for a long time, Tony Sale. Tony, how you doing? Doing good, Ken. How are you doing? No complaints. Tony is here to talk outside linebackers today. One thing, we held an analytics event last year. Tony came to it and had some really interesting ideas about how to chart pass rush by move as opposed to by alignment or by blitz or stunt, but really more by move in terms of swim or uh, uh, rip or uh, whatever else. Tony, you, you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure, Ken. Well, it just seemed to me with the the pass rushers that we had have on the roster, um, especially like with Ferguson coming in, um, they get pigeonholed into whatever works best for them in college. 
So it was just something that um, I wanted to see improvement on and see how their development was coming along along the season. Um, so uh, that that's that's a major thing with Ferguson right now. I think um, coming in with a bull rush, I really really like to see him uh, develop a nice NFL level club this year. Um, moving forward, but uh, yeah, love 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 the outside linebackers. Um, Suggs and Bullware are my, my favorites growing up. So, all right, okay, we'll get we'll get deep into the outside linebacker group, drill down, including uh, I think a little bit more on Ferguson. Uh, obviously, this is a group that didn't have a lot of production last year in terms of sacks. You know, a decent amount from Judon, who was the only real one-on-one pass rush winner. Uh, Bowser had a little bit of production given the snaps he played, but the rest of them honestly didn't didn't produce a lot, particularly on the early downs. Right. Um, Got to start finding ways to, to win in the pass rush game without having to rush and do too many exotic blitzes, which is, I think, what the Ravens really focused on this year. I think with the additions of the linemen, uh, the outside linebackers are going to have a lot more space to, to clean up uh, this year um, with that interior pressure. Yeah, I, I hope that's true. Obviously, a compressed pocket is a, is a nice thing for getting that quarterback moving, getting him not able to step up, uh, you know, forcing him to look left and look right before throwing oftentimes. Uh, always a good thing. They got a little bit of that uh, in the Houston game in particular. They had, they had good all-around what I call Star Wars trash compactor pressure to kind of make Watson feel uncomfortable without getting too close to him. But Watson could not keep his eyes downfield and was sacked seven times in that game. Yeah, absolutely. Pressure is, is definitely um, the name of the game with, with, with the front that they're going to be having this year. Um, with, the, with the guys that they have creating more pressure inside, it's going to open up the game for the guys on the outside. Uh, and you know, hopefully getting some like four or five man rush opportunities um, with wins on that. So, yeah, that's something they certainly haven't done recently. Is is try even to win with four, but definitely to win with four, they've had a lot, a very difficult time doing. Let's move on to a discussion of this of this group, and and uh, I'll leave it to you to introduce it how you like. If you want to talk about generalized problems, that's fine. If you'd like to talk about an individual player one at a time, that's fine. But however you'd like, and I've got my notes here on the side in terms of what I want to say about the individual rushers, but you introduce it, please, Tony. Sure. Well, basically what I've done was I've developed kind of like a little depth chart um, with uh, key things that each player does well, um, what i like to see them doing this year as far as their roles. Um, of course, you're going to have a bunch of different uh, new kind of alignments going on uh, uh, this year um, with that, with the additions that they've made, which allows them to open it up a little bit. Um, but I'll start with uh, Matt Judon. Um, I think he's the best, one of the best Sam linebackers in the league, period. Um, I think I saw he dropped 30% of the time last year, uh, which uh, a lot of Ravens fans will... Uh, probably don't know about and that might contribute to uh him missing out on a couple sack opportunities as well which i don't know a lot of people think about that but he's one of the best in the game um uh, that kind of brings me to to uh tyus bowser next um when when bowser was coming out one of the things that he was really really good at was dropping in coverage and uh, uh shadowing uh running backs 
out of the backfield. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot of a lot of that with him thus far, but he's got the athletic build to be able to drop. So I want him. I like to see him uh, become a little bit better uh, uh, dropping in coverage this year. Um, he's also a pretty good uh, speed rusher. He's probably the fastest speed guy we have on the team as far as outside linebackers uh, coming off the edge. Um, I think that uh, with interior pressure that we're going to have this year, I think that um, he's going to have opportunities to uh, get some cleanup sacks, which might pad his numbers a little bit more. That's okay. That's a, it's all about hustle in terms of sacks. But let's talk about the two Sams for a minute here because I, I really want to go back to that point. Is That, to me, is the, the Ravens' biggest pass rush advantage is they have two guys who can drop the cover from either side. There's very, there aren't a lot of teams who even have one who can do it effectively. And a lot of the, 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 the straight four-man rush guys, they use pass rush specialists on the outside, and they don't really have a guy they drop the drop to cover and they'll show you a lot of these four zero pass rushes where all they're doing is bringing the four they show you. But the Ravens have, you know, a lot of their um, ability to do very complex blitz schemes is based on what Bowser and Judon both can bring to the game in terms of dropping to coverage. Bowser, I think was, was dropped the highest percentage of any uh, outside linebacker in the league this last year. Crazy. Well, that that's perfect. Um, he might be used as a little bit of leverage <laughs> in contract negotiations with uh, with Matt Judon moving forward. So interesting to look at. Yeah, I don't think the Ravens can afford to lose both of them. It's a, it'll be a really difficult time for them at the end of this year to kind of figure out who they can kind of afford, who's priced right. Uh, you know, if they if they both played like they did last year, Judon would be certainly worth more. If Bowser takes a big step forward, he's you know, he'll suddenly you know jump into the big money. Uh, numbers as well, but uh, but they they really need to try and keep one because Sam linebackers are hella difficult to find. Right, absolutely. So, um, Perel, uh, Perel McPhee coming off the uh, rush side, I got um, a problem with uh, McPhee and uh, Ferguson, our guy Ferguson. Um, I got him as one A. And- 1B right now as far as um, who's going to be starting in uh, or getting snaps even just you know snap count um, I just see McPhee as that polished guy um, however I'd like to see him come in on third downs probably more exclusively based on his health um, and Ferguson uh, making strides last year I think he had three and a half sacks um Arrows pointing up on Ferguson. I think I like to see him um, in on first and second downs to give McPhee a breather. And I think his run uh, defense is getting a little bit better to allow that. What do you think? Yeah, for Ferguson, I, I would agree. Let's 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 talk about one player at a time if we can here. So I want to go back to McPhee for a second and talk okay. about him. I like your point about he he really needs to play fewer snaps. Snaps need to be managed for him. I still see him as a guy who makes all kinds of sense on third down, probably as an inside rusher, given the fact that they like to get both Sams on the field on third down. They both, both those guys on the edge is what they did primarily in that race car package last year. A lot of people don't realize that the race car package with four outside linebackers in the dime was 12.3% of their snaps, which is more than they played the base defense. So four outside mm-hmm. linebackers, right. including pretty much Bowser and Judon always on the outside of that. Um, I, 
you know, they, they lost McPhee already, so it was Ferguson and Ward playing on the inside of that. And, uh, and I just, they're not, I don't believe, because of the additional interior personnel they have this year, notably Campbell and Wolf, going to play nearly as much of that four outside linebacker package. Right. I just, with the interior pressure uh, that they're going to be getting and then the alignments that they can have, you, you want to have that four or five man rush, like we said before. Um, that way, you know, that gives you more opportunity in coverage. And with the coverage unit that we have, you know, we're in there. So, totally yeah, a, agree. a lot of that coverage, you know, is not, it, the, the big risks are not at corner, although they, I mean, they're, they're since the, the Ravens are so strong there, they really haven't had the, all that corner. It's really over the middle of the field. You mentioned right. picking up that running back. That's something I think that, that both Judon and Bowser have proven they did quite well last right. year. Covering a tight end is another issue, and that's that's been the, the province of the Ravens' dime back on high leverage downs the last few years. Right. Well, they got they got the uh, linebackers this year in the draft. We'll see how they do to start out to help out with that. So, uh, I don't know if <laughs> if those an- those tight end questions are going to be answered uh, just yet. Covering tight ends, we'll see. I think the the inside linebacker is going to be big there. All right. All right. Well, that's that's another reason why we won't see probably as much of the four outside linebacker packages. There's just there are going to be a lot of third downs where they want Queen on the field. That kind of kills the quarter. And if they want him on the field, they may also want Malik Harrison in some sort of a specialized role there. Uh, but I think we'll see primarily dime. I think we'll see primarily the the uh, Queen and Clark playing together on the inside, uh, a four man front. Uh, like we've seen, although it's going to be a mix and match of four-man fronts opportunities they have with all the different specialists and depth they have on that on the on the on the line, and then of course a, a five-man umbrella there with the with the rest of the coverage unit. Right. All right. So, so let's get back to the outside linebackers for a second, and you want to talk a little bit about Ferguson's development. Let's let's make sure we we hit on that pretty hard. Well, he definitely came into the league with a strong bull rush. Um, I mean, he comes in, he's got the NCAA sack record uh, playing at uh, ODU. Um, I didn't see a lot of uh, different movements implemented throughout the year. I think they were just trying to keep it simple for him. Um Definitely, uh, his run defense was definitely shaky. He's not the, the niftiest of the outside linebacker core. Um, not, not extremely athletic, but he's very, very smart. So I, I'm really looking for a big jump from him this year. Um, definitely adding some more moves to his repertoire. Like I said, I really he's got the power to do a nice club rip uh, coming off the edge. And I think that with the interior pressure, it's going to be his time to shine because they're not going to be focused on him a lot, especially, you know, early down. So if he's in there on early downs and he can hold down the run game, uh, he's going to have a lot more snaps uh, this year in order to uh, to get those reps that he needs because I think those reps he got last year were huge. Yeah, he certainly was a trial by fire last year. A lot to respond to there, by the way. But, um, he, you know, you're talking about – he goes to the bull rush kind of as his first choice. He's not doing all the things that he could, obviously, with the length he has to really dictate first contact, to use his hands violently the way we see from McPhee, uh, to do some of the things that will help him gain big advantages and get that 
uh, offensive tackle, as it will often be, off his pins and and not with the proper leverage to take care of him. So many things. I mean, club move is one, and, and he, you know, he could learn karate. He could do some of those things. But even just going to the body, right. just dictating first contact yeah. with uneven first hands, yep. very valuable. I, I, I'm, you know, he, he has not shown a lot in terms of a speed move, but I think a lot of his is going to be a power to speed, uh, right. you know, exchange he can make where where he all of a sudden is too quick for the fact that the guy is off balance. Just to be clear for people who don't maybe know what I'm talking about there. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yep, definitely going to be a big year for him. Um, I'm excited to to see what he's been doing in the off season. Um, but like I said, yeah, definitely like to see him on the early downs and McPhee coming in uh, doing some stunts and twists. And then he, he hopefully McPhee's healthy this year. He can he can teach <laughs> teach uh, uh, Ferg some some stuff while he's there. So yeah, I always thought that McPhee was a perfect teacher for Ferguson, given who he is. But McPhee also has that advantage of having a thunderous first step that even with all right. the knee problems he's had and whatnot, that you really can't teach and. I haven't seen that from Ferguson. Ferguson is is much more of a power guy. It, it may be that Campbell is the guy who can really teach him because watching Campbell in terms of videos I've seen from him, he's a dictate first contact guy, and he does have some quickness. I don't want to I don't want to berate him in that way, but he's much more about using his leverage, getting low, and and really using his length effectively. Yeah, especially coming in at six eight. Uh, that's something I actually had on my notes. I've got some D lineman stuff here too. Um, yeah, his length uh, definitely matches up well with Ferguson. I, I kind of see Ferguson come as like a, a mirror image, a little bit less athletic version of Suggs, um, mm-hmm. as far as the height and their and, and their builds. Um, but I, I don't know how much to anticipate getting any kind of quickness off of uh, Ferguson yet. I hope he surprises me. Um, I really like to see him kind of master the, the the power moves. Definitely uh, some getting inside on the punches. Um, those are all things that he can bring to the table day one this year. So it'll be interesting to see what he's done in the offseason, what the coaches have got him doing. Yeah, I, I, I thought the same thing. I mean, we've been talking about it kind of all year on the show is his, his offseason was the most important of any defender. And if you really look at the Ravens defense, there's not a lot of young players there other than the rookies they got. The rookies, they have two inside linebackers. They have Mitabike. They should each play a significant role in this year's defense. I think all of them will get snaps and pretty good amount. But of the young players who's returning – He's he's about it. Ferguson is. I mean, right. Clark is now a veteran. He's signed to a long term deal, so you really can't count him in that group, even though it's his fourth year. Uh, you know, all their other their other players are are graybeards, uh, pretty much. When you go around the horn and and look at them, Bowser might be the next youngest player, and he's a fourth year player. So, right. um, they don't have a lot of first contract uh, beating the cap value on this defense. Absolutely. And I think that's probably going to stay the same as far as uh, moving forward with the outside linebacker position. I think that's going to be kind of like a, uh, I think they'll get, if, if, if they can get their hands on a pass rusher early and it falls to them, they'll get one. But I think they're going to be doing bargain bin shopping with the outside linebacker position moving forward based on roster construction. Um, so I totally agree. If you know, that's an interesting point because if they they did that at inside linebacker in 2019 very effectively, I think mm-hmm. we'd say that they got the inside linebackers that helped them patch this defense appropriately. I mean, Jihad Ward was a patch player. You could say Peters was a patch player because he wasn't really playing that great with the Rams before before he was traded, but he was a whole different player with the Ravens. Uh, but, the, but anyway, they, they got a, they applied a lot of band aids very effectively to fix this defense. 
uh, you know, from some of the players they had to start the season who were a little bit disappointing, particularly at inside linebacker. Absolutely. And I think spending the money on the defensive line and you already spent your money on the secondary, you know, uh, you got rookies and cheap guys at the middle linebacker. Same thing with the outside linebacker. I just don't see, I don't, I don't know what the future holds with Judon. I like to keep them. Um, but I don't know that they're going to have the money to be spending there uh, in the future with, with uh, the offensive players coming up soon. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, ex- that's exactly where I am. I think a lot of money is going to have to shift from defense to offense. And, you know, the Ravens have been very smart about it. They have a bunch of contracts that they don't have to go beyond 2020 on. And if there's a cap drop, the Ravens are particularly, uh, be particularly effective at vulching off of that situation. They'll have some extra cap, which is good. A bunch of players to sign, which is not a bad thing when your cap is reduced. You, 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 know, you might get some bargains out of that. But they also have a bunch of players that they can release. I mean, I, I, Thomas has been decent so far. I would say good. But mm-hmm. you know, they save $6 million if they cut him next year, and they, they potentially could even sign him back. But more than likely, they would, they would lose him if they did. Campbell is 34 years old. We don't know how great he'll be, but there is a savings if they cut him after this year. Uh, you know, they have uh, additional players. You really want to cut into it. Peters could go. Uh, that's a yeah. possibility. Mark Ingram could go. Uh, you know, that's an offensive player, obviously. Yeah. And then the big one would be Brandon Williams. Yeah, I think some of them are actually, are kind of inevitable. It kind of interests me. I know he's a seventh rounder, but Geno Stone, they've got a quite a, a group of like uh, uh, up and coming kind of uh, unheralded safeties there that that make me think, uh, you know. I don't know. They were in on Jamal Adams last year, so who knows? Um, but uh, I don't think it was a great thing that they pushed the price of Jamal Adams up and brought all that additional de- draft capital to the AFC. I'm I'm unhappy if that was their doing, <laughs> but but they yeah. um, uh, they did a uh, the, the five safeties they have have put them in a position where I don't think they're going to try and use Jimmy Smith at safety right away it might be the eventual result as it was with Carr, Mm -hmm. but you know having stone and levine and elliott as three guys who can potentially take up one of those three safety spots on their in their dime package is very useful in addition to clark and thomas and clark obviously can play can play up he can play back but the 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 real need on this on this team particularly if you look at the future has been to find that safety who can uh be a free safety uh prospect and I hope that's Elliot still. I, it's not too late yeah. if, it, if it is him this year. But, uh, you know, maybe it's Stone is a, is a uh, not just a maybe not a, a pure free safety, but maybe ends up being a, uh, a split safety on the back end of their dime package. Yeah, I, at a minimum, I think that's that's exactly why they drafted him. I think they fell right into their lab in seventh round. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, like 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 we said, outside linebacker, I don't know that they're going to spend money on it in the future especially if you're getting pressure up the middle. If this works this year, I wouldn't anticipate a big outside linebacker free agent signing in, in the future, which makes me very sad, I must say. Um, I'm a huge <laughs> – I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see uh, I'm always talking about the outside linebackers. But it's just the way it is. Pressure is pressure. And I think these guys can clean up a lot uh, if they're getting that interior pressure. Um, I looked at uh, Campbell's stats over his career and it seems that when he's got like a uh, when he's got like a solid uh, teammate on a defensive line that can apply pressure his numbers just skyrocket if you look at his first two years in Jacksonville that was the case he had good numbers at the end in there in Arizona but 
Um, I think he'll be lining up outside some uh, while, while during out this season. So, on, uh, would you expect that on a third down or on an earlier down? Um, I mean, I mean, obviously, pass or run well, down is what yeah. I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, passing downs. I'm not sure on third downs because you if if you want to get both your Sams on the field, I don't know if um, you can afford to do that uh, numbers wise, but. Um, I think maybe uh, second – well, depends who they're playing, I guess, you know, first or second down, what kind of offense that they're playing. Uh, pass first teams, and yeah, I could see them, them doing that, absolutely. We're, it's, a, it's a funny year because we're coming in, and we've already had a bunch of opt-outs on both the defensive and offensive line, which is what you'd expect from bigger guys who have more type 2 diabetes risk. Um, and it's, it's a little bit unnerving – uh, I'm sure to a lot of teams that they may be extremely thin on the defensive line where they didn't really know it before. As of right now, and we don't know exactly how this is going to play out because, hey, it's a virus. Um, this this is a very deep Ravens team at all these positions. So I'm excited about how it might play out for them uh, relative to some of the other teams. I think they've been very careful and very good about trying to stockpile some talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, the only play, the only place I'm really concerned about him positionally is is at offensive tackle in terms of a a big man that they may not have enough of what they need there. Yeah, backup. Yeah, that like you said, that supply is quickly depleting as well. So, who knows what's going to happen there? Um, just wanted to mention also uh, uh, John Daka. Is um, that James Madison? Um, interesting prospect. Uh, just want to throw out there, he's my choice for the uh, undrafted. If they make, if they get one undrafted free agent this year, particularly when you know they just released uh, Breel in the tight end earlier today. So I know everybody's clamoring for the fullback uh, Steiner, Rick Steiner's kid, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Doc is my guy. What about uh, Wolf? Seems like he's a pretty good chance, I would think. Kind of a Swiss Army knife guy. He might be competing with with uh, with. Uh, Steiner, or Rick, I want to call him Rick Steiner. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> but uh, you may be competing with him for, for one spot when it comes down to it. But I would think, you know, the, the guy the Ravens want is going to be more of a pass catcher. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the element that they're missing. They sign, I don't, I never heard of the guy that they signed uh, the other day, but I know Twitter's out there hopeful that uh, Delaney Walker ends up uh, on this team somehow. I don't know about that. We'll see. Still a um, possibility. Yep. So the Ravens got Jihad Ward listed as a defensive end, which I think is his natural position, obviously. Um, so they only played him an outside linebacker last year. I mean, that's, right. that's, that's, yeah. yeah. I don't think he took a single three tech snap on the inside on what you consider to be a running down. But if it was, it was like less than five for the season. Right. So, so let me ask you this then: How many do you, outside linebackers do you think they keep this year in the roster? Um, it's interesting because I think that the five prime. Okay, so uh, I think McPhee makes it. I think um, uh, that uh, Judon and Bowser obviously make it. That Ferguson for sure makes it. Obviously, one of the only real cheap players they have. So then it really comes down to uh, they have Ward left in that group. And who am I missing? Who am I not thinking of right now? Those are the guys who played a lot last year, but there's another that has left, right? Um, oh, man. Why am I not looking no. at this right now? 
We got uh, Judon, Ferguson, McPhee, Bowser. That's the only four returning this year. Um, and then we had Ward, Ward. You know, subst- yeah. substituted in, you know. So I think they used to have been typically keeping five, if I'm not if I'm not wrong. Well, they had that's five kind of, last year for a, yeah. for a lot of the year, yeah. So um, that's kind of why I, I, I think DACA's got a good shot. He had a, lot, a ton of production college, 12 and a half sacks, uh, and 20 tackles for loss uh, last year. So that's the, pretty good. The position kind of screams out for another developmental player, so I'd like to see it if he, if he really earns it. I just think he's, he's probably somebody loses their job over it, whether that might be McPhee or Ward uh, losing their job in the, in the process. But we'll see how that uh, how that plays out. Maybe Doc is a guy they can slip onto the practice squad, or maybe somebody else will. Oh, uh, sure. We'll get him before then. I'm sure they also got Chauncey Rivers. I, I'll be honest with you; I haven't done any work on on him. I sat there in the fifth, sixth, seventh rounds of the draft. I have all these these players that I'm wanting, and I'm like, he's still there, he's still there, he's still there. And then some of them get drafted, and they got these guys in free agency. So. They've been. They were very abrupt to get rid of Tim Williams in the middle of last year. Oh yeah, Tim Williams. Yep. I uh, had really high hopes for him. Me too. And uh, and uh, and right as soon as they got rid of him, their their outside linebacker core got a lot older. But you know, given the 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 willingness of Harbaugh to basically throw him under the bus, then drive over him in both directions, I would say that you know there had to be things going on in practice that were just very very bad. Uh, and I, I think he'd been a, a player who had played some special teams and he would occasionally try very hard and look look better on special teams. And then he would lapse into some older habits that, that made him, no doubt, very unpopular with, with both Harbaugh and uh, previously with Rosberg. Yeah, well, there's some immaturity that came out after he got cut. Um, I don't know to get into details of that, but if, if that was, that may have been the case. It may have just been that. You know, he had some maturity issues at Alabama before he came, mm-hmm. uh, and it seemed like some of those just never left him. But we got a lot slower, too, <laughs> when he left. Um, not that he was winning. He was getting wide a lot, uh, pushed out. So, Yeah, he is the guy. He, he ends up at 6 o'clock on an awful lot of pass rushes. He had a lot of moves, though. He's the only guy who really had, you know, a good spin move on the spin team. Move, yep. and, and he And he could he – could, duck outside, then come back inside effectively without turning his body. I mean, just, I, there were a lot of things I liked about him as a pass rusher that, boy, you really just say, damn it, why did he have to not work out like that? I know. Well, I was so happy when we drafted him. I hadn't done any work, a lot, whole lot of work on Bowser that year, but I had Tim Williams, you know. I had dropped him into the second, but that was only for character concerns. His spin move is salivating. Yeah. So... Bowser, an interesting player too, because this is often true at the at the college level. You really never know who's going to be a great Sam at the NFL level, because those guys are all their team's top pass rushers anyway at the college level, and they want them in there doing that instead of dropping a coverage. So, you know, I get very uncomfortable with trait-based scouting specifically, where you're trying to see, does somebody have the quickness based on what you see as a pass rusher or maybe as a run defender to translate into coverage? I get very uncomfortable with that. But there's a lot of people out there who think they can do it well, and they think they've, they've pegged the guys from this last class uh who could be good 
Sam's out of there. And the, the name that kept coming up was one to the Ravens was the uh, Wisconsin linebacker, Zach Vaughn. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely one, uh, <clears throat> definitely, definitely a Sam type. Um, very quick, good in coverage. I wasn't crazy about his uh, uh, size, <laughs> to be honest mm-hmm. with you, coming out. Um, the guy I really liked at Sam, and I feel like his tape was like a Sam clinic almost, was uh, Terrell, Darrell Taylor out of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he's like perfect Sam. Dropping, he always was at the right spot, dropping the coverage. Sometimes, a lot of times, actually getting washed out though in in the rush. So he came with all the the best Sam traits um, as far as dropping, but needed a lot of work on his his actual pass rushing. Um, but I thought that would have been a great uh, another great backup to uh, Matt Judon. I think Matt Judon could have taught him a lot. To tell you oh yeah, probably. Uh, That's uh, Taylor, a long player. Also, that'd be a, that'd be a, a good match physically for for Judon there. Yeah. Tony, it's been great having you on here for this. this is a good football discussion. I just love it when we have guests who really know what they're talking about. And, you know, you clearly studied the outside linebacker position a lot. Tell us where folks can get in contact with you or they can see your stuff most often if you're writing or on Twitter, wherever you might like to direct people. Um, just on Twitter at T-Sale, T-S-A-L-E, 4556. At T-Sale, 456? 4506, yep. Five four five oh six. Okay, thank you. <laughs> All right, outstanding. Um, uh, other people, if you're listening, you'd like to get on a film study short, like like Tony did. Just give me a, a contact on direct uh, message on Twitter is probably the easiest. You can also email me at filmstudy21 at verizon.net. All I really want to hear is what you'd like to talk about. Maybe two three bullet points. And if I think it'd make an interesting discussion, I'll be right back in contact. And usually it takes only a day or two to get from the idea stage to the actual recording stage, if, uh, particularly if it's a timely topic. So don't be shy and, and, uh, and hit me up quickly with these. Appreciate you being on. Tony, again, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Ken. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. When your entire life is online, you need more than just speed from your internet. Xfinity gives you reliable in-home Wi-Fi coverage, plus protection from Wi-Fi network threats. Check out our amazing offers on Xfinity Internet. You'll get fast speed and Wi-Fi coverage you can count on. Plus, get advanced security free with the XFi Gateway, so you can keep the connected devices in your home protected from network threats. Just log in and activate through the Xfinity app. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture, and when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space, just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.